1: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2022 AT&T. Pebble Beach, Pro-Am, Picks, Bets, One and Done. Want to remind everyone to smash the like button for the episode, sub to Mayo Media Network on the YouTubes, and in the comment section, you give me your favorite long shot of the week, 100 to 1 and beyond, because... We've seen the past six years of this tournament. It's one of the favorites, that happened three times, or it's someone just completely off the board. Uh, 100 to 1, 250 to 1, 400 to 1. We've had three of those winners at this weirdo tournament that sucks over the past six years. But hey, betting can make everything better, especially if you don't have to watch the Saturday broadcast of the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am where you get to see Alfonso Ribeiro dance and Clint Eastwood's son for some reason and Bill Murray throwing stuff at people. It's great times. Nat! Oh boy, I, I'm I'm on one this morning, because you know why. I uh, want to remind everyone as well to please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating on Spotify, and subscribe to the Mayo Media Newsletter. It's completely free, it's down in the description, and that's where all the final bets are going to be, plus extra research that you can get. You may as well go and sign up. Listeners League available right now, filling up quickly, 2,500 spots. Also, down in the description, hit that. Jeff Feinberg, what is going on before we jump in to the review actually i guess this is a part of the review you sent me your luke list winning ticket and it was a parlay you parlayed up luke list odds
2: yeah i got a little <laughs> bored on on uh i guess the night before the tournament was catching a little luke list fomo and shout out to the richmond spiders who people were touting on twitter and i'm like i don't want to bet a college basketball game but Maybe I'll put a college basketball game with a golfer. I hadn't, you know, had the balls to bet yet. So, yeah, I took Luke List with a little exotic. It made it more fun. Shout out to Luke List, all the longtime Luke List truthers out there. Uh, I'd have been really sad to not have any any part of it, but, but I showed you it was quite a fun little uh, small nibble, big return. Um, so that's fun. And, yeah, on to Pebble Beach. But credit to you, baby, you circled that thing like a shark
1: after since I hadn't hit a winner since the beginning of the season so it's been a while for me so it's not like I'm out of the hole as of yet even though the Luke List win was really nice but I had I think seven or eight second place finishes over that time so I figured the way would be just to have the guy in first and the guy in second therefore I mean if it was Luke List in a playoff and I didn't have Zalatoris I, I couldn't I, I would have hedged because I just would have assumed luke List would have lost, but uh, everything kind of worked out. I was due for a good week and it finally happened.
2: Yeah. You nailed it. Even the, you even clipped the show with your hard luke List sell job and it kind of shows you, Pat, these guys, it's almost in many ways the same as how you called um, the Finau Northern Trust win. When you see those guys with that skill set and that part of that around the green game that holds them back once that around the green game is starting to trend for them, whether it's temporary or long-term, it can really open up other parts of their game when they just feel confident in the moment around the green. And you saw what that has totally done to transform Luke lists ability. And a lot of people sent us tweets a lot, of, you know, cause they know how long you've been banging this Luke list oil well and before this weekend, the biggest luckless moment we ever had was him T5-ing uh, the, the PGA at Bell Reef that, um, no, no, that
1: Brooks won. A- almost, because we got the T8 that week. Uh, it was a T6 at the PGA Championship at Bethpage Black. I actually went through the numbers to see, because I remember when you hit Finau, it was like, does that make you whole on Finau? Like Have you broken even Who on cares? Finau? Uh, so I went and looked through the numbers because I have my Excel sheet of uh, every golf that I've ever made and went through, and I'm actually up money on Luke List now. That's how kind of crazy it is. I had bet him 63 times before he won over the course of the past four and a half years. And it wasn't so bad because that was a 50 to one cash on that each way. And I played it with the each way. So it's really double that. It's 126 bets placed on Luke list, but he cashed me the each way at Honda. He cashed me the each way at heritage that year. That was also the week that he was in the the lineup where I cashed with Kadira. He was in that one too. So that was nice. We're not even going to count that. And then he had the each way at the PGA championship. There's another one in there that I'm completely forgetting. I think it was last year at the John Deere. Now I didn't bet him at the John Deere because his odds were too. Low, but yeah. Either way, I've been made whole. And we weren't on him
2: when he won the Corn
1: Fairy Players. No, no, I was not. Yeah, I was not on him when he won at the Players on the Corn Fairy Tour. But it's funny, like you know, it's been four and a half years of betting this guy, and I still came out on top, which is kind of weird when you kind of think about it. That is there a strategy that if you just pick six, like long shot players like breakout players and I guess you would kind of have to hit them at these longer odds in order for it to come through in case they got too good without a win like had you have been betting Zalatoris this entire time well he's down to like 20 to 1 now like
2: he always started short but a better example might be a Mav McNeely like you've lost the number without the win
1: exactly exactly at least we got the number on list when it came through but like if you that would be an interesting betting strategy because we talked about it with reed over the course of the years obviously i do it with C Wu and i've done it with luke list uh i mean you could probably even add brooks to that list because i saw people victory lapping like oh to, how are the brooks 40 to 1 people right now it's like well you know give me 39 more times and we'll see how this works out for us you know what i mean you
2: can't those are the worst people it's literally like the people pat that made fun of us like you're 125-to-1 Thomas Peters Masters bet gag fun thing. That's a loser. What are you doing? Thanks. Like, oh, you, you mean I my 125-to-1 to, be, to one bet's going to be a winner? You, I didn't bet Brooks last week, but you bet Brooks kept going to win a tournament. He misses the cut. It's the same as finishing third place. Like, go away. Like, that's that's really, um, yeah, I, I'm not here for any of that. But I am very much a part of team ride your guys if you believe whether the numbers tell you to believe or you've just convinced yourself with your eyeballs that these guys are capable ride them like I got so many messages saying is almost in the same way pat the people like knew he said luke list his game in so many respects was so good that his chances of winning a big boy pants event like tory pines was in so many ways equal to him winning like a jabroni event where he might have been you know thirty five to one or thirty to one and the field would have been so much you know smaller. Like when it clicked for Luke List around the green with the putter, the same week he just knew like he's gonna win. It doesn't matter who the field would be and in a you know maybe it's like a poor man's Fino. I've brought that up, but you know they're just so prolific in a couple. Angles And they, you know, were so close and feed out so many more big top fives, but, you know, sort of that poor man skill set that list represented, you just sort of knew when that guy hits, you better not be holding your favorite short, short price ticket
1: because he's going to run it and he putted really well on thursday he led the field in strokes game putting which was a huge outlier but even on sunday when he made his run it's not like he was putting the lights out by any means uh poor willie z too have you ever heard an announced team have like an anxiety attack like faldo was having every time he tried to make a three-foot putt
2: listen when you have money on a guy you don't like having to sweat the three-footers No, 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 but but it's it's like when you're a Chargers fan, you still got to watch the extra points. Like, it's frustrating. You can't just turn away for a moment and fist pump.
1: But Faldo almost seemed like he had money on Zalator the way he was acting.
2: Yeah, they were getting pretty intense and overanalyzing the stroke. And even the ones that were going in, they were mocking the, the stroke. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Willie could definitely feel like he left that out there um i'm not gonna say he choked he 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 choked on the 18th hole twice but when you shoot even par on the back nine of tory pine south i don't think that's um i'm not gonna quantify that as as a choke as a choke job i mean yeah i don't know what to say luke list he, he he had a chip in hit that clutch putt on 18 even gave one back on 17 after making that incredible birdie on on 16 it was kind of like a full a full luke list experience
1: out of chipping we never got those ever and it's funny because those are the breaks that you need to hit one of these winners realistically like that that has to fall because if it doesn't fall it probably rolls to like three feet then he probably misses the three footer because it's luke list and that's like a that's a two-stroke swing right there for him and then he's out of everything but the way that zalatoris played the back I thought it was really smart. He just had to make one of these, one of these lag putts. Like he was just two putting everything. So he tries to go for the green on the first par five, doesn't get it. but makes an immaculate recovery shot. I thought he was going to make that because it's when you watch Zalatoris week after week. Yeah, he's going to miss the short ones, but he usually hammers home a couple twenty five footers. Like he's, yeah. and we even saw. And I think this is why. I mean his number at the Masters right now is unbeddable. I just looked at it as like thirty to one or something. You're gonna get a better number than that. But he I think he gained like seven strokes putting at the Masters when Hideki won, when he came in second or third or whatever it was. Because he was just making these so the balls. year before,
2: the DJ Fall win, I think it was. I don't
1: I think it was last year. I think it was the Hideki one.
2: Cause M. Wasn't him and M right there, and it was his first Masters?
1: No, it was. Uh, that was. It, it, I think that was his first Masters. It was Hideki and Cam Smith that were right behind DJ, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it was the Masters this year with Hideki. He came in second, mm-hmm. but you could see, you could see the putts that he was making at Augusta. Those long bombs. He was hitting those putts all week. At Torrey. Like, uh, he had the one three putt. I think it was on the front nine par five on number nine on Saturday. But other than that, like, his lag putting was awesome. They almost all went in. Like, they were legit tap ins for him on these two putts. And, like, that's what you need at the Masters. And that's what you needed at Torrey Pines. We saw so many people three putt themselves out of this tournament. That just wasn't the case for him. He was just missing these really short ones. And he didn't actually miss any on Sunday. So it's just the iron game didn't come up. He needed, I mean, he had seven misses inside of 15 feet on Saturday. You know, make one. One more of those and you're a winner
2: yeah the seven misses on saturday there were two insanely glaring ones that he missed that um will be easy to recount but that insane like side hill par three uh up and down that he made is you know one of the shots of of the tournament in many respects so i don't know i'm not hard i i it is what it is. Would it suck to have that ticket and you get run by Luke List? Yeah.
1: <laughs> after all this time, you, know, you get run sucks. down by Luke. I, like, I thought that after List made the bogey on 17, I was like, oh no. He's going to try to go for, he thinks that he needs an eagle here in order to have any sort of chance. I thought he was going to pull a rose, go for it, and end up in the drink. Uh, and that wasn't going to be good news because just when the pressure is on like that, you're probably just going to mishit it. Couldn't believe he made the putt and his like awful drive, then awful layup actually worked to his benefit. Uh, Cause he ended up leaving it to like six feet and made that putt down the hill. And it somehow went in, which absolutely stunned me. And the shot that he made, Wait, in the, the shot he made in the playoff was incredible. I, I uh, although the, the drives in the playoff, I've never seen anything like that. Like an inch from each other.
2: Never, never seen anything like that. And that putt on 16 was way more on 18 was way more than six feet. Pat. Was it? Yeah, I think that was like a twelve foot downhill putt.
1: I thought it was closer so- than that because it stopped. I thought it was going to roll all the way back to the hole, and I was like, "Oh, here we go!" Like his one in the playoff yeah. did. Then it just kind of stopped. But I, I there was and the playoff was magic, and he was
2: ready. Clearly, like a well, shouldn't say he was ready, like a killer because he had a plug lie in the bunker off the tee. But that was a pretty intense um, layoff that, in many respects, doesn't normally suit the guy, but. He'd been there a couple times before. He was he was not, I guess, going to miss this opportunity. And a lot of like people who weren't involved in the betting aspect of it um, were pretty much like Willie Z. Will probably be here next week. Lukeless, you gotta give it. Like I want to see Lukeless win. Willie Z's going to be here eight times this year, like
1: trying to win like that. You know. I, and I agree. Like I had the I I would have won more money if Zalatoris won. I didn't have the each way on Zalatoris, I did on List, so I would have got the Zalatoris win full, and then I would have had the each way on List. I mean, it was like a two hundred dollar difference or something like that, so it wasn't the end of the world. And I I wanted List to win. I just I wanted this for him. Yeah, so, I I totally agree.
2: And I don't know. You see a lot of conversation. I don't even want to get into it.
1: But can, can, oh, can we get uh, can we get top debutant numbers on List at the Masters yet? I guess he's not a debutant. He played in. Do you know when the last time Luke List played in the Masters was? Uh, He's
2: not far from there. So I guarantee he's played it a lot and could be if he didn't have this win. Well, I guess he needed the win to get in, but he could still be a sneaky play. He'll probably have more rounds there than most, you know, inexperienced players ever do have there.
1: Yeah, he, he made a Masters start in 2005. That was it. I don't know how, and he wasn't an amateur. It looks like he was a pro, not an am. I don't know how the hell he got into this field. He must have been an amateur. Because, like, that's, what, 16 years ago? He's not that old.
2: I have no idea. I would have fully guessed debutant, Fiat, like, when you went with that track.
1: Yeah, it's kind of nuts. But yeah, he's from Augusta. He gets to sleep at home. And Torrey's a good comp course for Augusta National. And like the, the type of game that you need to have tends to translate well. We've seen a lot of the guys with great course history at Torrey Pines and the farmers over the years go and have great track records at Augusta too. So hopefully he can end up pulling that off. It was, A, the Saturday finish was fucking incredible. I loved it. I loved Wednesday through saturday and there was a lot of discourse about oh they can't do it especially during the here's the weirdest argument that i heard and i get that it hurts the gate and that would be the biggest thing but i was like why don't we just go wednesday through saturday while the nfl is still on and that way you don't compete with the nfl it's like well then they have to compete with college football it's like well they're doing that anyway aren't they they still play on Saturday. it's not like they have a bye day on saturday skip college football to go head to head with the nfl like what's the problem here
2: I don't think they care enough to move the Sanderson. <laughs> That's fair. Like, like, let's talk about the event we're talking about here. And in a normal world, Pat, we're probably going back to to Asia this time of year, that time of year, like in football season a lot. So I don't know. They don't care to move the Sanderson. Jim Nance, as I joked last week, but I assume there's partial truth, probably bang the desk for, for for half a dec, like half a decade to do this partly for him like so he could do it because he loves Tory Pines and once again Tory Pines gives us a, a gem a gem of a tournament a gem of a finish I loved Friday night Friday night was a hoot like it's in I mean listen a couple weeks ago and I did I, I didn't I, in the last two weeks I made no each way bets And I got lucky to hit some list exotic, but I've been at the finish line with Hoagie final group with um, last week with him and, and, and Zalatoris, and like coming up nothing. So I preface that before I say, remember two weeks ago when I was like, I don't know, John Rahm's playing in tournaments. Why do you want to bet them? Well, there was a 250 to one winner and an 80 to one winner. So I guess in hindsight, thank you, John Rahm from the golf gambling community. But in what world could you comprehend that neither Thomas or Rom would have made the final group on Sunday in threesomes, little, little twosomes, but they added an extra body to the, to those weekend um, groups, I guess. Cause it was a big cut, but like insane, insane. But I also hate the other part of it, Pat, because now I don't know. Everyone likes to draw conclusions about all these guys like so quick, like Tiger Woods ruined people's perspective on golf. I think in many respects, like forgetting the wrong thing, like Justin Thomas, blah, blah, blah. It's just hard. It's hard to win. No one did what Tiger did. And even half the people criticizing everyone for not being Tiger. I don't even know if half these people were even watching him run trains in 20 in 2002 and stuff. They just heard stories about it. Like he never lost. So I don't know. You look at the top 10. They're all incredible. The only guy I think you could. somewhat insult is Xander Shoffley. And I love him, but I'll say that
1: he was your one and done pick this week.
2: At least he made yeah, my cut. one and done pick. I, my first round pick in a fantasy pool. He's the only guy in the top 10 that I feel like he deserves any stones and anybody making any conversation about ROM and a recent win um lack like um lacking wins and not mention the memorial is the most disingenuous piece of of golf tweeting or article writing you could fathom
1: yeah it's hard to win look at rory this weekend because this has been the yeah, this, and then this, when, this has been the Rory thing since, what, 2014 when he last won a major. It's like, oh, Rory can't close. Rory can't close. He averages, like, two wins a year, which is pretty incredible when you go look at the history of how much people actually win in their careers. Throw Tiger aside. Throw Sam Snead aside. You have, like, Jack, you have Phil, and you have all these guys. Like, Phil has, what, like, 41 wins? And he's been playing since 1991 or something? And how many does DJ have? 20, I want to say. Yeah, I'm just. Yeah, it almost. It, yeah, and and it's funny because John Rom has 13 worldwide wins. He's what 26, 25, something like that.
2: Yeah. Don't worry if Hovland doesn't win a tournament on American soil in the next like two months, he's gonna be a loser too, Pat.
1: Yeah, he's won four times in the past six months.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know.
1: I don't know. That's it. and
2: it, to get out of it we we're going to do a lot of great show with, with, with Tim. It's the same with the quarterback. Mahomes starts the year. He's not good. Like somebody oh, somebody's I mean, just like, Oh, he's a, just another one of these top quarterbacks. Then the year goes, he's the greatest thing ever again. And then the game versus Buffalo goes and he's like a God who will never lose again. And now it's just, we're questioning him again. Not actually, but like, Oh, what's wrong with him? I don't know. The same plays that he escaped by a shoelace when he makes great plays. He got got by the same fingernail or margin of error. That's like this small.
1: Dustin has 25 wins in case you were wondering, and that includes his worldwide like Saudi wins too.
2: And I say that as somebody who enjoyed seeing the Chiefs lose. (laughs) Chiefs fans didn't like me enjoying it. I kind of felt like Tim for
1: a moment. Did you have to turn your account to locked like Tim did?
2: No, I, I look forward to hearing more about that on uh, we'll call that a tease for this week's for this week's show. But, you know, he would enjoy seeing Brady lose playoff games like, yeah, you're a fan. And this got like this dominant team loses. Uh, I chase fatigue, let alone they're in my division. I don't know about you. So I was thrilled to see the
1: Bengals win thrilled. Here's how I think you can rank the golfers and how good that you think they are. Was there any point on Sunday where you didn't think that Rom was going to make a charge and win the tournament? (laughs) Because I was terrified every time he stepped over the ball. And he was off. Like he was so bad on Sunday, yet he was there. If he had, like I said, he basically brought his C minus performance to Sunday, like for him. And he was, it was basically a D, a a graded D performance. Had he had played a C plus John Rom level, he wins that tournament by two strokes. Probably.
2: And also, I don't want to paraphrase it, but there was a great quote from Luke List from after the tournament, Pat. He's like, all him and his caddy were doing was tracking John Rom, And they're like, he's going to get us like <laughs> he's going to get us. So it's not just us at home. It's the guy trying to per- mentally prepare himself to be in a playoff. Hopefully is um, <laughs> also having that conversation with his caddy. Like Luke List by the quote seemed astonished that John Rom didn't at least tie
1: him. There was a couple guys I I was getting pretty terrified of because like the entire oh. day was like just a, a, an absolute sweat job. I
2: like, lost my mind of Billy Ho Lucksack Oh my god! What a god! him
1: and him, lost no. my shit. H- him and fucking Day, man. Oh, I would uh, have enjoyed seeing Day no, more.
0: No, I no,
1: loved- no, 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 no. No, I would not have enjoyed seeing Jason Day because he's the reason that the playoff almost didn't finish. They need to put him on the clock. I'm sorry. He's so slow. He's so slow. And then he chips in for, gets the iron in for Eagle. I was like, this is it. Jason Day is going to win. Great. I could have, I mean, you wouldn't have wanted to see Rose win. And I mean, if he had knew that he had just needed a birdie on 18 to get into the playoff, which he couldn't have known at the time, he lays up and tries to hit his 100-yard wedge for birdie, and he's in that playoff. Instead, he dunks it in the water and finishes, what, T6. But I don't know. I, I would have like, I I I, I preferred to lose to Rose than Day, because then Day is, Day is all over the place. Day has 11 feet for power. Oh, of course Day makes it. Day has 8 feet for power. Of course Day makes it. They started fucking finally missing them. Yeah, it's great. Finally, then, then, I gonna, then I thought he was going to. Then I thought he was going to eagle eighteen, and the only thing that I was hoping for was Sung Jae was going to make that putt from the back. And I was like, oh, I could have three guys in this playoff. That would be yeah. Great.
2: But that's Bi- another conversation. He doesn't bogey the first, and probably right there, smooth sailing it. Um, but also, Billy, yeah, Billy I fear bay Even though oh. I assume all day, ten or more foot par putts are going in. So I always he like will never go away. And I was in a good space and then he eagled. I was annoyed. I don't hate Rose. Like, this, sorry. I, like, I'm living the gimmick, but I like, if Rose is healthy, I like all these guys. I like all of them. There's only, the only people I literally find myself not rooting for now, Pat, are Brooks and Spieth in majors because they have so many. And I like so many guys. Like, I'm a fan of so many players that uh, call me a communist. I want to see, like, them divvied out more. I like betting on guys that don't win the big tournament. So that's really the only place. But I hope Justin Rose is healthy. Hope he has a lovely season. Uh, and I'll still make fun of his corny, try-hard posts.
1: Well, I hope he has a very good week this week at Pebble Beach as a teaser for the picks that are coming up. Uh, If you want that that Justin Rose number right now, DraftKings Sportsbook opened it at 20. However, there's 28s and 29s out there. If you go look right now, they might still be available uh, if that's something that you want to partake in. Either way, it's not that I dislike Jason. I it, it, it's not that I dislike Jason Day. There's, there are certain guys that when they're in contention, and I have guys in contention, that I don't want them to beat me. And Day is just, he's the worst kind of guy to lose to because he won't play well and he'll still win. Billy Horschel would have been the ultimate kick in the nuts though because he was playing like trash.
2: Yeah. When he got the lead or tied the lead circling 10 and 11 with his luck sack birdies... Finally, but finally, like his lack of being able to hit the ball well on Sunday resulted in bogeys. But he's a weird, he's a weird character. Like his wins, like the the WGC win, the Wentworth win. Like I don't know, he's got this knack for 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 always kind of just annoying me.
1: That's the thing, whenever. though. Like if he is around the top of the leaderboard, like he's a guy that you can be scared of if you don't have. Like he can win for sure. He can win. I wasn't. Yeah, I put it this way. I wasn't super sweating Pat Perez when he made his run.
2: <laughs> yeah. No. Exactly. That was one I wasn't. I wasn't sweating at all. Nonetheless, yeah. Great tournament. Felt like we got an extra day on the weekend. It was really weird. It's like a daylight savings time golf when you started it on a Wednesday. It just changed the whole vibe of everything. And I I loved it. I loved it.
1: Neiman made a nice little run too. Too bad he was like garbage on Saturday because he could have been right Did. there.
2: Did saw some 45 to ones in the Blood Money event. Um well, on
1: Neiman. Saudi is I mean, I don't even know how to cap that with so many guys going over from here <laughs> and playing in Saudi Arabia, but Man, this, this tournament is stuck. If we just take a break and talk about Saudi for a second, Dustin, Hatton, Xander, Sergio, Cam Smith, Bryson, Peters, Casey, Fleetwood, Finau, Lowry, Leishman, Answer, Sam Horsfield is 35 to one. Kevin, not how many guys
2: are under 20. It's, it's insane. It's like, it's a major five,
1: six, seven, eight, eight guys under 20 in Fleetwood. I can't bet this thing. Fleetwood and Finau are both 20. Like Finau is probably the bet. Honestly, if he's 20 to one in this field,
2: maybe i don't i don't know i saw neiman at 45 that kind of caught my eye but i was amazed it's literally like a major board where they're like if you really want to bet this you got to bet these guys they're all under 20 to 1
1: you could go are are, they assuming there's only 15 guys who can win is that why they're i don't know because like neiman i'm looking at now neiman's 40 kokrak's 45 and wolf is 60 like just play those three guys Phil is 125 to one
2: they're growing the game baby growing the game you know it is what it is I what am I gonna say I didn't like some comments Shane Lowry made
1: but I'm not gonna be like uh whatever is what it is my guy Tawny Hara's in the field Anyway, tune in to Sky and Tom Monday night on Mayo Media Network and on the Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets The Mix audio feed, if you're looking for it, for their entire breakdown. Every single week for the DP World Tour, the former European Tour. We got the Peters thing wrong last week, by the way. It was this tournament. last Whatever. Weekend is I the don't <laughs> mind him. I, I stand by. He's going to go off eighty to one Yeah, I, I agree I, with you.
2: <laughs> and again, it goes back to, like, who cares... If you got line value, is the guy actually going to win? I don't know, but I'm a, I am can become a, a Peter's Hardo. It wouldn't be hard for me.
1: Listen, we were on that ship four years ago, and then it just kind of sunk. And now James Cameron has taken his little mini ship down to the depths like, of the ocean, and they have found Thomas Peters. He's back.
2: Sergio Garcia is like 14, 15 to one this
1: week. Yeah, don't bet him would be my suggestion. And He's, is
2: this the course that he defaced?
1: I don't know if it, that's why I wanted to tune into Tom and Sky, because I actually yeah. have no idea if it's the same course. I remember GMAC won, but that was like on the coast. I don't know if this is the same course. I remember and, Dust, and, Dustin won this either last yeah. year or two years ago, and he and, could, Bryson, and he legit couldn't make a putt, yet he still won.
2: Yeah, and may, why do I feel like Bright? I don't know. But I remember Sergio like defaced the course and then had to show up the next year and not take an appearance fee.
1: Or it was going to be real trouble for him.
2: Yeah. <laughs> real trouble. Grow the game. This is what they call sport washing, Pat, I believe, on the um the news networks.
1: Oh, ah, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Back to Tori for one second. Um, were you mad that the the people, Tori Pons is a bad course, like those people? Those people are weird, man.
2: Golf architecture snobs. Like, um, I'm not
1: here for that. I uh, don't like it. I don't don't like it. I I find it really bizarre that anyone would care that much. Uh, Maybe we're just looking at the game at two different ways. Like, I I really don't care. The only thing that I care about, and the reason that I hate the tournament that we're just about to talk about, is because the broadcast sucks. Like, I'll watch Valero with a shitty course and a shitty field. I'll watch... TPC bunny ranch for the Byron Nelson. Like that doesn't bother me with all the biggest losers on tour there. I'm going to watch. I'm going to enjoy. I don't care how good the course is. I just want to see some competition. I want to see some golf shots. And I feel like Tori delivers every single time with a leaderboard that I want to see an interesting finish. I mean, isn't that it's a made for TV product. If you want to go play it, just don't go play it. Who cares?
2: Yeah. And I guess the detractors will be like, well, the strong field and a close tournament has nothing to do with the quality of the course, but I don't know. The complaint is that it's boring and a lot of the holes are, are hard, They're not hard, but similarly hard. I'm like, okay, whatever. That doesn't, it doesn't seem to bother me. I'm sure if you had the land and could design it today, you could design it
1: better. What I, do you want? I, I'm not going to pretend like I know anything about golf architecture. I don't.
2: Yeah, me neither. Me neither. I don't either. And like you said, maybe we're we're seeing it from two different valleys but or, or perspectives, but just what that course has given us as people in and around our age, what Tiger did there, the Tiger moments there, like it it just holds it holds a place, let alone the fact that obviously um it's you know one of the nicest places in America, La Jolla. So just works perfectly. I don't, I don't seem to care. I get bothered when people insult it, though, but, you know,
1: I guess I bother easily. Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking athletic greens because I wanted something a bit more nutritious and filling in the morning rather than pounding my body full of carbs and feeling logy the entire Day. but that's not been a problem so i started taking athletic lens. i have more energy uh, i'm feeling full throughout the course of the day not going back and snacking and just my energy level is so much higher i'm getting my probiotics i'm going to the can a ton it's great feel great whole food source superfoods are included 75 high quality vitamins and aptogens to help start my day right it's been fantastic i've been feeling a lot better throughout the course of the day and people think green juice it tastes like crap now Athletic Greens doesn't. actually tastes pretty good. I even gave some to Paul. I gave some to my wife, and now I can give some to you. That's coming up in a second, though, but it's a lifestyle-friendly. Whether you're on keto or paleo or vegan or dairy-free or gluten, it all works for you. you can take it no matter what diet that you're doing or what your health restrictions are you can take take the athletic greens tons of people are taking some kind of multivitamins and it's important to choose which of the high quality ingredients your body is actually gonna absorb but with AG1 Athletic Greens. You get them all in one. You don't have to have like 8,000 pills laying around in a schedule for them. Just take Athletic Greens. You'll be good. And it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health. And it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. And the founder of Athletic Greens, he founded it when he was experiencing a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to cut co- to recover. It costs him $100 per day. This doesn't. $3 per day is all that it's going to take. Right now, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash mayo. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash mayo to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Let's do it. Let's move on to the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am After last year, we went to a... Uh, two-course event. Monterey got dropped from the schedule. There was no pro-am because of COVID protocols. Not anymore! We're back! Pebble Beach, Monterey Peninsula, and Spyglass Hill. The three-course rotation, like we saw at the American Express. <laughs> All the courses are pretty easy, unless it's super windy, and then Pebble Beach becomes uh, kind of difficult. And Monterey is super easy, but it's a par 71 now, as it was two years ago, the last time that we saw it. Each of the players will play the courses each of the first three days. There'll be a cut of top 60 in ties after after. after the 54 hole, so after three rounds and the final round, is going to be at Pebble Beach. There are cameras at Pebble Beach. There is Shot Tracker at Pebble Beach. The other two, not so much, thus making it a great time. And then, Jeff, we get Saturday. Saturday, Pebble Beach TV broadcast on CBS is the single worst television program you will watch this year. And it's funny because it was so good last year once they got rid of the Pro-Am. Like, this was an incredibly watchable tournament. On the weekend a year ago, a 54 or a 36 hole cut, both rounds at Pebble Beach. Like we tune in to watch Pebble Beach, obviously. But I mean, you want to know who the favorites are in the field this week? We got Bill Murray, Huey Lewis, actor Michael Pena, Kira K Dixon, who is a Golf Channel reporter and former Miss America, Clint Eastwood's son, Larry Fitzgerald, presumably playing with Kevin Streelman again, Josh Allen, Mookie Betts. They're all here, Jeff.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm sure. I wonder if they're still gonna trot trot out the corpse of, of Clint, Clint Eastwood. Oh yeah,
1: Clint will be there, Clint's still making movies. Like I'll do respect. He just, to he, Clint just and... he just starred in a movie. He's definitely going to be on the broadcast, oh, talking at the same pace tilting, that Jason you're Day plays. You're tilting
2: something. You're tilting something, and he's in this. I don't know. It's just a. It's a it's a decrepit scene. I can't imagine like two years COVID being locked indoors, treated clint very well but yeah you get your your standard larry the cable guy it's a it is what it is i don't know what to make of it
1: oh anymore. no i wait till uh jake owen breaks out the acoustic guitar in the booth and they're talking to him breaking down his swing in slow motion while well, we have money on guys being like can we just fucking see these guys hit a shot no no we can't have that we need a ballad to break is you know romo we- playing uh, i don't think so no should be playing with his boys ala Steve Young is playing. Macklemore is playing, who cussed once said is a top five rapper of all time.
2: Yeah, I don't know. It is what it is. It's it, a, it's, it is a horrible broadcast.
1: Yeah, it's not great. Anyway, let's talk about the actual favorites of this tournament. I had mentioned off the top that we've had three of the past six years, three of the winners have come from... 25 to one and below. Phil, Berger, and Spieth. And then three winners from 100 to 1 and beyond. Nick Taylor, 125 to 1. Von Taylor, 250 to 1. And our guy, TPJ, Ted Potter Jr., 400 to 600 to 1. Whatever he was. I do think there is an interesting betting opportunity because all of the good players will obviously be playing Pebble on Saturday just because the TV broadcast. All these favorites that you see on the screen, cantley Berger, Spieth, Zellotaurus, Rose Day, Seamus Power, Cameron Tringali, Matt McNeely, and Matthew Fitzpatrick. Those are the 10 guys below 30 to one right now at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, and they'll all most likely seven of those 10 will be playing in the rotation that has them at on the TV broadcast on saturday and with no shot tracker or anyone paying whatever attention to monterey and spyglass the year that i hit tpj in game he was actually in the lead and i bet him 125 to one like the books aren't really paying attention to the other courses because there's not real time scoring like to the second scoring from over there and it's usually all the crappy players that are over there but you can find some good value because books are slow to react to spyglass and monterey on saturday
2: yeah i think a lot of people who follow that uh already saw that at the american express a couple weeks ago
1: yes absolutely yeah the guys that were playing like but they uh, were hanging and in
2: lee hodges numbers out there for a while on the third day of play he was out of sight out of mind with uh ba- ba-
1: barjan tim's guy barjan tim's uh, tim is uh talking about adding aaron rye to the circle of trust now because he wears two gloves poor guy <laughs>
2: Tim and oh. his two gloves. He always, he always was a proponent of that.
1: Well, he he asked me, "Oh, well, Tim wears Tim only wears two gloves golfing when it's cold out to keep his hands warm." So he was asking me why it was so cold in San Diego because this guy was wearing two gloves. <laughs>
2: I guess it's a fair question because pros shouldn't be wearing two gloves.
1: I think it's whatever. You, Phil, but it's
2: that's whatever. a Phil thing. Two gloves when it's cold out.
1: Or rainy, yeah, to, to get the grip. But like, I don't know, Aaron Rice always played with two gloves. It's like his, I mean, they, they kept beating down on his iron covers. Like, who, who actually cares about this stuff?
2: No, golfers care.
1: Why? Why but do golfers care? Why do golfers care I about this? I am not. Pat, listen, I'm just
2: telling you, there are single-digit, or professional golfers that roll their eye every time they see him. I guarantee it. I'm not in that headspace of that, but I guarantee you it is a grossly frowned upon thing. Like imagine the iron covers with those golf bags that have the individual club holes. Um, I'm not saying he has that golf bag. I'm just saying it would fit the look. Except when you hear his... You hear, like, the backstory on the head covers and you can't
1: not respect it, I guess, to this extent. No, I, 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 I like the backstory to it. And listen, when you're in the final group at Tory Ponds, do whatever the fuck you want. And, and don't, don't be sweating Garrett McClellan third, who is a two handicap who frowns upon this. Like, fuck that guy. No, yeah, I, I, but
2: I just say two handicap is like a, a starting point. I'm telling you a lot of guys, maybe I would say close to 70% of his touring pros think he's insane to well, see, seeing iron covers. Look, I would
1: assume. Look, I don't want to have individual iron covers because that would just take me forever to play the round. You know, putting the you'd back lose on. them on. Yeah, I would lose them everywhere. I mean, I lose my driver head cover like every three rounds, but yeah. like whatever, who cares? As long as they're, like if I was playing with someone who had that, I'd be like, that's really weird. Just don't be slow, please. That'd be it. They, they would stop bothering me because I wouldn't. I don't
2: care. think you're slow. It's a cat. You have a caddy. Yeah. Like he's now golfing with a caddy. Like I don't think it changes um, any time. And, and not that you could tell much from a broadcast because things are delayed. It seemed like he's a pretty ready to play guy. Him and him and Zala Taurus were always ready to play. And Jason Day was, you know, making a mockery. And maybe one time outside of penalizing a 12 year old boy. At the Masters, will they enforce a rule?
1: They would never do it. Never do it. They don't have the guts to
2: do it. It's still incredible they picked on the Chinese boy at the Masters. Like, that was the one time they popped a guy for steroids.
1: How how slow must he have been playing? (laughs) It needs a 30 for 30. (laughs) (laughs) So out of these faves... Here's what I want to get to in the Patrick Cantlay thing. Patrick Cantlay, what was it? Two weeks ago at the Amex after round one. Well, there's no way he couldn't win. He couldn't win. He's, he's, he's currently winning the tournament. We might as well shut it down and not play the rest of the three rounds. That was the exact same thing that happened here last year. I think he was 10 under after round one. So, like, oh, tournament's over. Might as well not play the rest of the three rounds. I'm not betting Cantlay at seven to one. He can go and win. Most, He's the best player on this field. Obviously, he has the best chance of winning. Like, there's no way he's getting my money at seven to one.
2: Yeah, there is no way he is getting my money at seven to one. That's another. I mean, you just take the example of Rom and, and, and Justin not getting into the final group and Cantley the other week. If you have conviction to just believe, like, I get sometimes of the mind frame, Pat, that, like, how are they not going to win? Like, how's Justin and Rom not going to win? Like, credit to anybody who tossed a 70 to one Zala Torres bet after the second round or could only imagine what Luke List paid. I know he had a nice hot start, but once it felt like it was, you know, two super elites dueling on on Tory Pines at Jason Day, whoever made those live bets. Like I'd have looked at that, like saying, why am I reinvesting? Like, I'll just take my L and, and you could have said the same at Amex. And then, you know, golf is just freaking crazy and it's amazing. But yeah, I am not betting Cantley. I am worried at some point, like the roulette spin, the guy's just going to clear the board, the dealer, like we're all going to lose our back-end chips because you have 80-to-1, 250-to-1 numbers have been hitting. This sort of feel like the board's just going to get swiped. Try again next week, but I'm not betting it. I don't give a shit.
1: I would have more interest in Berger if he wasn't 10 to 1. What's a better number? 14 to 1 you can find on Berger. That's actually somewhat somewhat intriguing. That's what he was last year after Dustin withdrew from this tournament. And all he really needs to do is putt. That's really been holding him back. And he putted well last week at the South Course. It was the first time that he had gained strokes on the green since the WGC St. Jude in July last year. <laughs>
2: Okay, so I guess I was one of the lucky people that you, you know you got didn't in have a life that day that caught the DJ news, like smash the burger. I think it was twenty two. Uh, we caught it at he outdoled Mav. Yeah, he's got an ability to like he has shown he likes his courses. Right, his other win was at the same course two times. So, like I don't know, but I don't want to bet Burger at fourteen to one or ten to one. It does feel. Considering he opened at Tory Pines last week at 20, you can make the case that if you could find a 14, it's not horrible. He probably, if you asked me that, if I had to make a bet here, it probably would be burger, but I don't see myself doing it.
1: I, I might be able to talk myself into Burger by the time Wednesday comes around. Check the newsletter to see if I end up betting Daniel Berger. I'm going to wait for the moment. I, I mean, at DraftKings Sportsbook, he is 10-1 to 1 right now. At other spots, he's 14-1. to 1. I would guess that 10 falls back to 14. Draft, I think DraftKings, uh, because a lot of people who view this show bet on Luke List last week, and a lot of them use DraftKings Sportsbook. <laughs> I, th- I think they may have lost some money. I mean, obviously they didn't lose money because Rom didn't win. That's the one thing that people forget about a lot of these tournaments, that even when like a popular long shot hits or a popular golfer hits like within our community that's great we all win but when you go and look at the actual like betting handle on all these guys last week it was rom it was justin thomas it was all the guys that you would expect to have a ton of handle on them it's the same case every week the people just randomly go bet golf and they bet the biggest favorites on the board that's what they do so they don't really ever lose unless like rom wins the u.s open kind of thing or someone like tiger wins the masters at 25 to one it's like oh god like even phil wasn't really getting that much steam at the pga championship but if you have like a popular golfer at a good number and they win that week that's when the books get taken on golf uh by and large but i could see myself going to burger at 14 i'm not ruling that out as of yet uh going down the board a little bit more you have spieth zelotaurus rose day power these numbers at DraftKings sportsbook are all going to fall uh, because these do not match anywhere else right now on planet earth like speed slowest is 20 everywhere else Zalatoris 18 i think sticks rose is 28 or 29 at most places day is in that 2022 range powers above 30 elsewhere Tringali's above 30 mcneely has already fallen since we've started this show from 25 to 28 which i predicted on the research show by the way that if he opened at 25 he would immediately slip back to 28 because everyone wanted to bet him at 40 or 35 and they wouldn't get that number they would not hang that out there then you have Fitz, who's making his first start of the year i already bet justin rose at 28 to one i think that's a good number for him i liked what i saw last week from him and day is andercursed if people need to know so don't bet jason day imagine day being andercursed what the hell is he gonna happen? he's gonna lose a foot something like that rose rose must be playing his as, yeah assume
2: he's back on the taylormaids that probably would have been last year uh just to round out that board i'm seeing fitzies at 40 so i assume that'll also go up at DraftKings. Not a ton for me there. I think peak Sheamus numbers could be something I'm interested in, Pat. You just see how he's peppered. I mean, when you put up your article a couple weeks ago, I've never felt the need to go double-check like a stat. (laughs) When you list out, like, yeah, I just wanted to double-check the finishes just to make sure, because it's crazy, like, how consistent he's finishing. And he was right there. Um, at MX a couple weeks ago, another three-course rotation, short course. These ones suit him very, very, very
1: well. Um, Would you feel so worse about missing out on power winning or McNeely winning? I don't mind
2: McNeely at 28-1. to 1. I never thought for a second you'd get 40. I thought if you were lucky, there'd be something with a three in, in, in front of it um would i miss out power oh shit i don't know because mcneely's playing so good pat he seems to be at a different place right now and we would argue in our own pat mayo experience um box that this is like his favorite course setup perfect course fit so take all the improvements of his game and now we're back at the place that we feel suits him perfectly, that he was second at last year. Shit, I don't know. I I I'm sitting on a fence with that question. I don't like it. I plead the fifth. I don't I don't have to make that decision.
1: Well, my numbers and the table that I ran at fantasynational.com. You can run your own stats and whatever you want to see in power, rank them at fantasynational.com/slash mayo. Get you 20% off on that. But Tringali, Mav, and Power all rate right inside the top five this week for me. Like you, it feels like you're gonna. Everyone's gonna pick one of those guys uh, to roll with. Maybe people will roll with all three of them. Maybe people will roll with two of them. But I just don't like their odds. I don't. And I know they're probably fair for this field, especially with the way that they're playing. But I look at a guy who's double their number, and I like him just as much.
2: Okay, that's fair too. But if we had to truly debate it in ranking their fairness, I would argue Sheamus would be the most fair because he was pretty much this number at the M two weeks ago. Matt McNeely, well, was Tory Pines in the field was stronger. You, you have to, you know, you bet him at 70 to one last week. This is a big drop, you know, in much respects, Pat, there were those of us that were on Willie at 40 or even like 50, 50. at the M X went right back to 30 last week that I don't know, maybe the going to the 18 is just part of the ride.
1: <laughs> I it, listen. I I'll root for Big Willie Z. He's not getting my money at eighteen to one right now. Uh, the guy that would get my money at twenty to one is speeth. I, I would go to Speed here. Like I have it written down right now. The short list of guys from down here. I agree with you. I like Power the best between Power tringali and mav just by a slight amount but i've been betting power anyway i haven't been betting the other two so i mean I, I might if well you to are a
2: tringali guy seeing list win has to embolden you
1: right oh 100
2: like this is my time we are going back to that tringali well unlike like list you mentioned all that money all those times you'd put it forth with list i'm sure i was you know probably a few bits shorter than you but very similar and i have my guys you know, the FOMO duds. Tringali's a guy I've never bet to win, ever. I can't remember in all our time making content he's ever one time showed up on a card for me. So, I, I mean, that could be like now. I, I just have no interest. So for me, it's Power or McNeely.
1: I bet him at 33-1 to 1 to win last year's Valero Texas Open. And I thought he was going to win, but he didn't. Spieth won. And he, I think he came like T9 because he stopped making every putt on the weekend. Either way, I the Spieth number is really intriguing to me. Because he was under curse last week. Let's not forget that. I wrote, about Hold on. The, I wrote about this in my column this week, too. Yeah, you can check out like kind of the Spieth numbers. And after Wednesday's round, he had to go to the hospital with like a stomach flu or something like that. And he never plays Tory Pines well at all anyway. And it was the week after Torrey Pines a year ago when the he flipped the switch on and all of a sudden he was great. He, he hadn't missed a cut since last year's farmer's insurance open until this year's farmer's insurance open. It is not a good course for him. And I even went back and looked at it. Like his approach play throughout the swing season has been God awful. It's been really bad. He looked like the speed before he flipped the switch on last year, but that was no different than this time last year that he was playing God awful, even through the swing season, through the early part of the season, through farmers. Then he shows up to Phoenix and he's great shows up here. He's great. And even when he was garbage, he played well at this course. Remember, we bet him, could h- do it. him and Phil uh, the year that Phil won. We had Speeth on that card, too. I think Spieth was the 36-hole leader. And then he put, like, two in the ocean, and that was the end of him.
2: Yeah. I mean, the more you talk about it, uh, he survived my first cut. There's not, red, uh, there's not a red marker through his name like some other guys in and of that range for me. And I don't like making the masters comp because as I sort of talked through with Andy lack a couple of weeks ago, you know, at the MX, you know, Rom was like seven and he's eight to one to win the masters. And then you're like, well, you think on the surface, that's good value. But then like you spend a few moments thinking about it and you're like, well, there's 40 guys who can win the masters. <laughs> and the MX feels like there's 140 guys who can win. But you go back to this one and it's like speeth is what? 10, 12, 13 to one to win the masters. He's 20 to one to win Pebble Beach. You can make many of the same points to the one I just made about, you know, how this is open for the long shots. And it really does feel like there's so many more bodies who can win compared to the field size and and strength of a Masters. But there's like speed on a comfort course at a fair number. Feels like a really good bet, Pat. Like this, some of the Texas tracks and Augusta. Difference is Augusta. I got to bet him at 10, 12 to one versus the best players in the field. And I've already mentioned, I don't like cheering for speed to win majors. He's got too many of them, but at Pebble beach, I can get on board. I don't mind that. I don't mind that one bit now that you've sort of talked through
1: it a little. It just this is there are some courses and th- this is really the wrench in the course history versus recent form versus none of that stuff matters. Just bet skill sets debate. I do think that there are probably five to eight courses every single year that truly do have something to do with course history, whether it's the layout, whether it's the setup, of the event. Uh, and that stuff translates whether guys play well or, or not. Like this is one of the speeth courses. This is a Jason Day course. Jason Day has finished inside the top 10 each of his past five starts. And it's not like Jason Day was world number one, Jason Day in 2019 or last year when he came T7. And you just see the same name. He should
2: have won last year. His putter abandoned him.
1: He abandoned his putter.
2: He was Siwoo pin stalking like unconscious, I want to say, last
1: year here. Like, day, day, five straight top tens. Streelman, five, young gun, Kevin Streelman, five straight top 15s at this tournament. Anyhow, he gets the boost from his playing partner, Larry Fitzgerald, obviously. Speed third, ninth, 45th. That was the year that he was tied for the lead after, no, one shot back of Phil after 36 holes. t twenty first. Scott Stallings has three top 15s in the past five years. Nick Taylor's played this really well, even outside of his win. Reevee plays it well. Cantley plays it well. Berger and McNeely have played this twice in the past two years, both top fives. Like it's the same guys at the top of the leaderboard every single year at this course. Like you might as well just ride it. I, I was frankly kind of stunned that we got a 20 on speeth. I thought he would be 14-16 just because he's speeth but I guess the poor play and the going to the hospital and just looking like garbage has got up to him. Yeah. And there's no guarantee that he turns it around or he can miss the cut by all means. And maybe he's just off, but I, that's a, I mean, this is, this is gambling and that's a number I would gamble with. And I actually believe it gets better as the week goes along. Yeah. I, day, I don't know. I just day day's number is going to the moon. Cause everyone is betting day this week.
2: Let them I'll watch it happen.
1: <laughs> Me too. I I'm not on day. I'd rather take Rose at eight points more. I think they're basically the sort of guy.
2: debating, you know, the merits of the number in the Tringali power McNeely trifecta. Doing that same game shorter up the board. I do believe that Spieth number at 20 is totally fair. And you can get better than all the power, all the power to you.
1: Let, let's look at the better book right now to see what his number is uh, at the. I think they just released their odds. Yeah, they're they they they're hanging him at 20 right now, too. Uh, they have him and day both at 20. That's one where they have Rose at 29, Tringali at 29. But I think we've talked through a lot of these guys. So for me, I'm in on Rose. I've already made the bet on Rose. And now I think that I'm going to debate between Burger, Spieth, and Power. It would like So you're
2: really not feeling the bomb then. Or you're going you're skipping a whole two tiers probably here?
1: I, I okay. got I got I got one from like this next tier before we start getting into like long shots.
2: Can I just like legit um,
1: long be- shots? You have
2: any thoughts on, like, their are 40s out there on Matthew Fitzpatrick. Uh,
1: listen, if Fitzpatrick beats me, he beats me. It's never happened to me before, and hopefully it never happens.
2: It's going to go to Bay Hill and be like 28.
1: Yeah, no, I know. And listen, I'll probably bet him there. Um <laughs> It just, it's not for me.
2: Yeah, no, I don't like betting guys on their startup, but DJ and Neiman played pretty well last week i mean winning is hard i didn't see much of them in the last couple hours but um yeah i don't know at 40 it's a good number
1: that's probably the best number on the board for like skill of player because like it sounds
2: so stupid to say this but it literally feels like Well, I didn't bet Brooks last week, but I have those same like I should just fire on Fitzpatrick at 40. It feels like an ultimate course fit for him also.
1: Maybe. But again, when we think about course history at this place where, you know, most guys have a top 10 finish who have won here in the past, that kind of thing. Like he he was 60th in 2020, missed the cut in 2019. Uh, I don't know how the U.S. Open plays into that at all, but he was cut at the U.S. Open in 2020. That was was at Pebble. That was the year Woodland one, right? No, that was the Bryson year. Sorry. He was, he actually was pretty good here at Pebble Beach uh, when it was the U.S. Open, the Woodland year. He was T12 at that U.S. Open. Listen, I I could not talk you out of betting Matthew Fitzpatrick at 40 to 1. I think that's a really good number for him, his skill set, because I don't think that anyone would argue that Power, Tringali, or Mad McNeely are better players than Matthew Fitzpatrick, would they?
2: No, that's sort of the next comment I was going to make. Like, isn't he better than all of those guys?
1: The answer is yes to that question.
2: (laughs) And I'm not saying there's very few players in this field that have any name value. But if he plays well, like to start, his live odds are going to be reflective of a guy that was with that day and
1: speed starting point and the number at DraftKings sportsbook is the short number because it's 40 everywhere else right now instead of 28. I think it gets bet down. If you so run. I
2: haven't made a bet. I've made a bet at 75 to 1 and 150 to 1. So this range is open to me. 75 to 1. I like maybe Power and and Fitz are the guys and Spieth are who I'm looking at. I don't know that I I don't know that I just I like Burger a lot. But I like building cards more. Yeah.
1: For for one Daniel Burger this week, you could have four of and we'll talk about this next tier of players right now to get into this tier two. You could have one Daniel Burger or you could have Hoagie, Coocher, Glover, and Kirk for the same price.
2: A lot of players
1: who I don't mind. The type of guys, I mean, I wrote up Kucher in my column. I did not think that he would be 50 to 1 or whatever stupid thing he is. I was hoping he'd be 100 to 1. What is he? Matt Kucher, 60 to 1. Yeah, I'm not going to take that. Uh, I think that number is way too short for him. Um, I do think he has a legitimate chance of winning. I think there are only certain courses where he can win now, and I think that this is one of them, but, I mean, The guys double his number have just as good a shot at winning as Matt Kuchar does. The one for me here, and the number still exists as we are talking right now, I've seen it as low as 39 to 1, but I have betted at 55 to 1 with the each way, and that number is still out there right now and that is Christian Bezadenhout 55 to 1. I told you about the five guys that rated out the best in my modeling coming into this. I was Cantley, Power, Burger, Tringali and Maverick McNeely were the top 5. Right there at number 6, Christian Bezadenhout. I think he's just as good as Tringali and those guys. He's double the price.
2: So, a lot of my thoughts this week have been like I bet Bezadenhout at the Amex, and a lot of guys who I like that week are kind of jumping off the page for me again. And he would be, he would be one of them. You just hope he doesn't put one into the ocean.
1: Yeah. That's into a, a
2: rock bed. That's a problem. <laughs>
1: All these are problems. off but the tee. get him off the tee and he's fine. He hasn't had that big putting week yet either. Like minus two strokes at the farmers, plus two strokes at the Amex, plus one at the Sony. Like if he has a chance of winning, he needs to gain five, six strokes on the greens and he can do that. He just hasn't done it this year.
2: Um, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I bet him at 60 to one at the Amex. And if I think we ranked the field, he would probably come in a lot higher than guys uh,
1: shorter than him on the odds board. And that was my one so, guy it, from uh, 30 to 100 to one. You can make you can make as much case as you want for Herman or Denny or Cooter or Mito or Hoagie. I like Glover this week. I actually think that Glover's actually a pretty decent play at 80 to 1. I might get it on that. Aaron Rye as in, as a comeback. He's 90 to one right now. I think that's a pretty good number. Uh Chuck Hoffman in his first start. I worry about his back. Damon, Min Woo Lee is the biggest like, discrepancy between world ranking and value right now. He's 70 to one. Like Matt Jones, Ryan Palmer. Well, Ryan Palmer hasn't played all that well here. Lonto, I could see. Kisner, I could see. Streelman, I could see. The issue is, do I really want to bet any of these guys? The answer is no.
2: Uh, Yeah, you listed all. You sort of ran through a bunch of names that I've kind of been looking at. Michael Thompson sitting there. Russell Knox, a guy that I bet at the um, American Express. Chris Kirk, a guy that he hit one in the water on the par five 18th last year that cost me a t10 or something, but. Uh, He plays these sorts of tracks beautifully. I have bet Tom Hoagie 75 to one that's already come down. So that was the one bet that I made in front of a hundred to one. Just I'm on that Hoagie wagon. Another guy who I bet at the MX and I don't know. I'm not saying they're like comp courses at all, but they are short and I think they suit sort of the same players. And in some weird way, they're both, three-course rotation pro am so i don't um mind using it as a jumping off as a jumping off point for me there's a guy in this range whose odds i've seen all over the mat pat pat who i gotta say i was quite impressed with last week and it's a um, mido Pereira, and there's a lot of like buzz for him and you know the community of the people we tweet with and who would watch the show and yeah we saw him play in the swing season and the stats are just incredible and, and unconscious in some, in some respects. And I didn't know what to make of it in the sense that okay, he's a corn fairy player. He won there three times. You could argue that's the second hardest tour in the world at times to win on. He can clearly win anywhere. Guy seems like a winner. That's like the swing season success. Like, okay, is this guy just great at like resort courses that aren't penal. Like, let me see more. I want to see him on a big boy track. And I saw it. Like, that was the first time I got to see Mito. Not like he was on TV or anything, but, you know, statting him up and looking through his rounds at the end of the day and his scoring. And I don't know, he seemed to handle a really big boy track. So, not to say that I'm betting him this week or even thinking about it, but I really liked that I saw how well he played at his first like teeth event so
1: that's just something I wanted to say Mito is 40 to 1 at DraftKings Sportsbook he is 66 to 1 at other places he's 55 to 1 at other places you're right he is all over the board I don't think he's a terrible bet here I would worry that I do think the course history does play a lot into this week and at least having some experience at Pebble and he has none so for the win I think that's kind of tough I, I think it's weird stuff like breaks on the greens and things like that, that just are really unexpected. And you just kind of have to know, and you don't know until you've missed the putt before. (sighs) It's one of those types of courses with the way that they're set up. And you know, this POA gets ravaged over the course of the three days.
2: Well, I did say, I mean, to your course history thing, Pat, there's the, um, I saw Ehrlich tweet out courtesy
1: of our boy, uh, Judd, uh, uh, Jude, uh, so uh, my, yeah so my. you got you got Ehrlich and Judd huh <laughs> are these like the doppelgangers of Jude and Ulrich
2: <laughs> yeah they are <laughs> I do that a lot with Jeff because I got a family f- friend who spells it the exact same way who, who pronounces it differently okay it can't help me I'm, I'm sorry so any yeah that that's uh, bad but uh from the feed Pebble Beach mega trend since 2000, every winner at Pebble includes U.S. Opens, has recorded a T16 or better in one or more of his previous three starts at Pebble.
1: Well, that is not good news for Christian Bezadenhout and myself. Maybe I probably should have looked at that before uh, I went into it, because he has never played here either, although I like his skill set a little bit better. The guys that I would rank in this range, if you really wanted to go to them, Lonto, Streelman, Glover. Those would be the, and then Coocher, I think would be the four that if you wanted to go to, I I might go to one of them, probably going to pass on all four, use them on DraftKings, that kind of thing. But those would be the four after How would I like the best from this range.
2: I don't mind that 55 to one on Lonto at all. I actually was staring at that early today.
1: Played well last week, top 10 at the scores in this tournament a year ago. He's a good player. And we know he gets hot with the putter.
2: Any love for Knox? no should i no i was hoping i you would just
1: say yes and you could bet him
2: no you'd have like some great little thing
1: i i rather i i mean has mac hughes ever played here like doesn't this this really feels like a mac hughes course <laughs> maybe it's not hard enough
2: Did you mention uh putnam oh, andrew
1: uh we're not there yet we're not in the 100 oh. and beyond Unless his number well, was I'm dropped. Because I bet him I'm this seeing morning. like... All right. Well, let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about Andrew Putnam then. I bet Andrew Putnam this morning at oh. 100, 125 to one with the top five each way.
2: Well, that's a great bet because I don't know that that's around anymore. Oh, it's gone? Let's see.
1: Let me let me load this up here. On mine, DraftKings Sportsbook has Andrew Putnam. At, yeah, 80 to one. Wow. That dropped quickly. Uh, and, on my book, he is down to ninety. Okay, and what is he here? He is sixty-four to one. Huh? Yeah, that sh- that, that, that one twenty-five did not last. But yes, I on I the have, good
2: book, he's sixty-four to one. Yeah,
1: get out of town. Yeah, that's nuts. But don't, don't uh, need
2: to send my fat fingers there.
1: Yeah, uh, eighty and ninety. I'm still good with Andrew Putnam. I I, I like the one twenty-five. Obviously, more. He's been playing really well. And people have seen it. I think that's why people have been tracking him. People have been, they, they put the little star next to his name. They've been tracking how he's doing and he's just kind of rounding into form at the right time. And this is a perfect course for him.
2: Holy but jeezies! Yeah. I'm seeing another 66. So there we nice are. Nice bet to the Putnam gang. Sorry. Yeah. He's, he's in front of a hundred as I was looking. I didn't mean to spoil your great pick. It's not available anymore
1: yeah that sucks sorry sorry gang should have should have put it out on twitter right away and maybe people could have capitalized on it i still i'd still bet him at 80 or 90 though that's not going to deter me because i missed out on a number that was available for an hour or something like who cares if you think he can win bet him yeah you got to stop looking at your phone and like respond to me here
2: yeah, no, I, I, I guess that's yeah, not a good audio cue. I, I agree that wouldn't stop me if you really like a guy. Eighty, ninety to one is still, still a great number. I don't know how prevalent the one twenty five even was to be honest. Might have just been one book's mistake.
1: I don't. I, I think that's where they had properly. I guess they whatever numbers that they ran were way below what the other places ran. And maybe they took immediate action on it because almost everyone I know has been kind of circling the wagons on Putnam for a while, basically since Sony. It was like, oh, yeah, Putnam. Oh, Putnam. And then we have the Amex. Oh, yeah, there's Putnam again. Like, he keeps popping up. And this course makes a lot of logical sense for him, whether he wins or not. He probably misses the cut. Who knows? But uh, it just felt like a really big number. Uh, you want me to give you the, the rest of the absolute jabronis that I've bet?
2: Oh, you got more back here? Got, oh, I yeah. I one.
1: Okay, who's yours?
2: I bet uh Pendrith 150.
1: Oh, that's a good number. I like him. Yeah. I I do I think just because he's like he has one elite thing that he does. And he's top 5 on tour in driving distance. Like he's an immaculate driver of the ball. He's a pretty good putter, too. No irons, no short game. That would worry me here, but you know, if he can make enough putts and really capitalize on these par fives, I, I, I can see it. He needs to run the putter. Hot. He played well in Bermuda that time, and that was a really short course as well. So, uh, yeah, I like that. It's a good number.
2: What do you got for me? Sahith?
1: No, what's his number right now? What's DeGala?
2: 110, 130.
1: I mean, he was he in, the, he was, like, in it last year, wasn't he, going into the final day? T- He's T-Gallis? 130
2: at DraftKings. It's yeah, a pretty big number. That
1: is a big number. I felt bad for him and Shank on the weekend at Tory. I think Shank tied for like 50th or something like that. Yeah. Shank is the ultimate example of guy camera to Drew, you would have bet when we were in the office on Friday. If we were watching, it's like, oh, the Shank guy, 10 to one in the final group. Let's go. Like not even close. Uh, there was no more predictable fall off that or Aaron Rye having the really terrible start in the final round on Saturday to go through it. Now, the two that I bet, I bet Mark Hubbard at 350 to one. And I bet Nick Watney at 400 to one. You don't, you don't need to use much on this. Nick Watney of any player who missed the cut last week at Torrey Pine, most strokes gained approach three in this one round at the South course. Uh, obviously Nick Watney is not great, not great at all but he does fit that mold of guys who have come like inside the top 10 at this event before. Uh, he had a second here in I think it was 2015, and that's well beyond the, when Nick Watney used to be good by the way. Uh, Nick Watney was good in like 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011. He was on like Ryder Cup teams. Then he went away, and this is just always a tournament where I like to back him. It actually he knows the greens really well. It still kind of fits the one thing that he does well, and hit his irons really well, and hit his wedges really well, and hopefully he can make enough putts with his experience here on the greens. But like, if you wanted to go to Brian Gay or, fuck, Jim Furick, or that's one of the reasons I like Kuchar. I don't like his number, so I'm not going to bet him. But the old wedge and putter guys have a legit chance at this tournament, just with the way that it's set up. Yeah, I don't doubt
2: that. We we see guys uh, pop. I'm not really going to mention any old guys at the moment, although, like, I, like what do you want? You want me to talk? Brendan
1: Todd? Todd Father, I, I guess, would... Oh, yeah. He would theoretically play into the type of guy that would do well here, right?
2: Yeah, it's pretty big, one thirty to one. Let me ask: two weeks ago, Hayden Buckley was a darling everywhere. Would this correlate for for? I mean, I no one's going to be on him this week. He's two hundred to one.
1: I actually don't know what Hayden Buckley does well. To tell you the truth. Let's see. Good with his irons. He's a pretty good ball striker. Doesn't really putt all that much. Popped at Sony Sanderson. I guess those courses would be more like, I, I, have, I have no idea what to make of them. To tell you the truth. I have no real opinion on Buck who enjoys to fuck probably over your bet when he doesn't win. Got more names. Uh, no,
2: no, I don't. Most of the guys I like are sitting, are sitting in front are sitting in front of a uh, hundred to one.
1: But that's the part that worries me. Cause that or like range, Damon at 90, but, but that range know? never wins at this tournament. <laughs> Oh, and, I see what you're saying. And I listen, that, 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 that is no reason to not bet those guys. Honest to God, if you want to bet them. It's just, it's funny that that's not really how it's worked out over the years.
2: Yeah, no, I know what you mean. That that for whatever reason, this you're saying the dead range is the like Kurt Glover, Thompson Knox.
1: Yeah, basically 30 to 100 to one has not produced a winner here in ages. Because I can go look at it right now. All the past champs. No, I don't want to click on the official site. I want the Wikipedia site. Give me the Wikipedia site. Where are we going here? All right. Let's see if I can remember these off the top of my head. Daniel, how's your burger? 20 to 1 or 14 to 1 after DJ withdrew. Nick Taylor, 125 to 1. Phil, remember that one because I hit it, 28 to 1. TPJ, 400 to 1. Spieth was like 7 to 1. Vaughn Taylor was 250 to 1. Snediger, I believe, was 25 to 1. Jimmy Walker was 17 to 1 or 16 to 1. Snediger was like 25 to 1 in 2003. Phil Mickelson would have been like, 12 to 1 in 2012. DA points was like 300 to 1 the year that he won. Then you had DJ DJ. So you've had favorites and absolute bombs. None of this mid-range shit. And I I don't know if that tells us anything because, I mean, we, we had this argument about the American Express. Like, why do long shots win here so often? And why is it like predominantly long shots and not the guys at the top of the board? And there's no real answer concretely that you can give because it's such a small sample. But you eventually have to pick a lane and go for it or else you're talking in circles, trying to not be wrong about everything. Be wrong. It's fine to be wrong. Well, I'm wrong all the time. Just... Like if I want to fade that area and listen, I bet Zaden out in there like, he doesn't fit my course history uh, angle at this. And he doesn't fit my dead range angle for this. I bet it anyway. Cause I think that he can win. That That's me. I'll probably be wrong.
2: Oh, I totally agree with just picking a lane and, and ride in that lane and it's outright golf betting. So You can obviously be, you know, you're prepared to be wrong. But back to the part about why the long shots hit, isn't it just simple that the parts of golf that sort of neutralize the field that make these events feel like it's, you know, only a finite number of guys can win aren't really involved here.
1: Yeah, you have a bunch of weird elements, just like you have at the American Express. You have the three-course rotation. You have the Pro-Am. You have three easy courses, which one of them can get absolutely wiped out if there's bad weather. So if there's bad weather on Saturday, all the guys at the top of the board are going to be fucked, aren't they? Yeah, and it also
2: just points to, you know, John Rahm walking off an American Express green angry last week. Like, it's a putting contest. Yeah. Uh, Swap Daddy uh, hit him
1: other guys that i pointed out here who were the guys that i found uh grayson sig i had written down as someone who rated out really well what are his odds the sig man's 125 to one uh kneesmith where is he kneesmith that's bryce garnett i don't want to bet him oh Watney's odds are already down to 300 to one i'm moving the i'm moving markets jeff moving markets out here Nismith's 110. This is an
2: interesting one. The markets are kind of everywhere. They don't know what to do with these events where they just can't put 10 guys under 25 to
1: one. Oh, no, I I completely agree. These weaker field tournaments, they don't know what to do right now. That's why I think that like the the rose number I bit on because 28 felt like the best number that I was going to get all week. But for everyone else besides day, it feels like it's going to like, you're going to get a better number at some point, right?
2: Yeah. And everything you just sort of said about, you know, the uneasiness in the market, you sort of spoke about it at the top. That's going to show itself
1: in um, in the live betting. It was Lee Hodges who was there, right? Who a few weeks ago wasn't Chad Ramey?
2: It was Ray- Lee Hodges, yeah. yeah. Ramey's
1: Ray- Ray- numbers come out pretty well here he was 39th last week. Cameron Percy cuz I didn't really like overemphasize putting. He kind of popped out as did Kyle Stanley. They're up there. Yoda is still rating out pretty well. Um I was, was Chez like... Revi. Oh, yeah, yeah, Revi's Revi's 10th in the numbers the past 50 rounds. Of course he is. Chez Revi. He's always up there. Oh, Austin Eckrote was one that was up there. Big number. I was 200- at it but 275 to 1. I'm just going to make a little mental note about that. Maybe I'll get back to that number. I mean, these, like, between Watney and Hubbard and Ekrat, like, those are better top 20 bets, to be perfectly honest with you. I just, you know, I got a bit of extra money in the account, Jeff. I want to throw some away. I want to give some back. Do we go back to our guy? Revenge game for Nasty Nate Lashley? What's the number?
2: 250 to 1. wouldn't take much
1: hasn't been good for old nasty Nate basically since this tournament last year (laughs) what are you looking at over there
2: um Matt Neesmith Pat Perez just a couple guys sitting just above 100 to 1 I'm not really into Perez people might buy into it after the week and I know he could always play well in California but I'm just I'm not there but Matt Neesmith a little more tempted with those irons
1: could i interest you oh there's your guy bo hostler 300 to one i think he was in the field last week
2: i saw it and i didn't bring it up because who needs any
1: comments uh i don't it's funny because they never show this guy on tv but i check leaderboards and he makes cuts somehow and i don't know exactly how he does it because i look at his numbers at the end of the week and they're like piss poor so i can't quite figure it out but jimmy walker is 300 to one I mean, this used to be an auto bet for Jimmy Walker at this course. This and Torrey Pines. These two events were the Jimmy Walker-like staples.
2: Yeah, I don't care. Torrey Pines. Yeah, Jimmy Walker would have California and Texas, right? That was the whole thing. That's where he'd win. And then he won a PGA Championship.
1: Yeah, I think he won Sony, too. Like, he was good. He was good. He basically good. Oh, yeah, Hawaii. B- before, like, basically, once you got past Pebble Beach on the calendar, you wanted nothing to do with Jimmy Walker. You want early... Mark Wilson was the same, too. I think he has, like, three or four wins, I think they're all before, like, it's Honda Classic and before during the course of the season.
2: Do we know if Hoffman is healthy?
1: I have no idea. He's probably going to withdraw on Wednesday like he does every week.
2: Because I wouldn't mind him above 100 or flirting with it, but I have no idea what he's up to.
1: Yeah, he, Jimmy Walker made the cut at the Farmers last week. There he is. How has he played at this course? Miscut, cut, miscut, cut, missed cut, 8th, 55th, 11th, 21st, 3rd. No, no, some of those are 1st, 3rd, 9th, 9th. I mean, it's a pretty big number. You just have to catch fire one week, right?
2: I'd rather bet Eck wrote. Really? Yeah, I'm weird like
1: that. Jimmy Walker, ninth at the, or sixth at the Memorial last year, 11th at the 3M Open. Like, he's been around. It's it's not inconceivable. You know what? I'm going to bet Jimmy Walker at 300 to 1 with the top five. They got some money to sprinkle down at the bottom of the board here. Why not, right? They're not big bets. Put it that way. I'm not I'm not wasting a whole bunch of bankroll here on Jimmy Walker, but I I want to get involved with some of these long shots this week. And like a lot of the guys in the one, even the 125 outside of Putnam when he was there. Oh man, Taylor, Mo- Paul, can you throw up the Taylor Moore board for a second at DraftKings Sportsbook? Cause I I saw him when he was on one of the boards and I was really shocked to see him. 65 to one, Taylor Moore at DraftKings Sportsbook at another place, 130 to one. Do you, do you go on the, ta- is that why you bet Taylor Pendrith? Cause Vaughn Taylor and Nick Taylor have previously won here? Playing the Taylor narrative.
2: Yeah, totally. Taylor Moore's not. I don't know. Those odds seem it's like they don't want us to bet him.
1: Yeah, what do the what do they know? What do they know, Jeff? Eighth at the I don't know a lot of
2: the sharps really love this guy.
1: Yeah, I think he's sort of like the new school Sam Ryder. Because I remember for ages, like I remember Siege told me one time when I was in Vegas and I ran into Siege. He's like, uh you know, I have a, I have a high stakes golf friend better who's like really mad that you keep talking up Sam Ryder. And I, I've heard about Sam Ryder from a bunch of people like in weird, like proprietary algorithm. Sam Ryder like breaks their model. I think Taylor Moore might be the same. And I don't know why. It's not it's not paying off for anyone. Put it that way.
2: It has yet to pay off.
1: Yes, but maybe you keep betting it and you too could be a Luke list Sam Ryder. One of these days. Anyway, I think we've been over enough of the names unless you got anyone else you want to talk about. No, no. No. All right. Let's get into it. The quick picks for Pebble Beach. I can tell you who I have already bet Justin Rose, 28 to 1. Christian Bezadenhout, 55 to 1 with the top five each way. Andrew Putnam, 125 to 1 with the top five. Whether he's 80, whether he's 90, I would still like Putnam. I'd like him less, put it that way, because then he's in that Lucas Glover territory where I don't mind Lucas Glover kind of thing. Um, Jimmy Walker, 300 to one. Mark Hubbard, 300 to one. And Nick Watney, 400 to one as the bombs to round out uh, the cards right now. I'm going to give a heavy look to both Berger at 14 to one and that would kind of X out everyone else. Spieth at 20, wait for a better number. Power at 30, I could potentially get behind two. And then I have that Lonto, Strelman, Glover, Coocher, maybe one of them. More likely than not, none of those guys, but you know, I could be talked into stuff, Jeff.
2: You got a lot going on. I, at the moment, do not have much. The only bets I've made is Hoagie at 75, Pendrith at 150. Um, so could take this any magical way. Under 40 to 1, I'm thinking about Jordan Spieth, McNeely Power. Uh, the Fitz at 40 has me looking. I like your bez call at 55. And uh, I mentioned I have Hoagie, and then in and around that range, I don't know, something about Russell Knox, I can't quit. We'll call that a loser. Um, and yeah, that's uh, really all I got going right now. So that's sort of where I think my decisions are going to be between.
1: One and done picks for a Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Uh, Jeff, you actually made the cut last week. That was good enough to win the week, but Cust always gets the first pick, and this week he has decided to end or curse Jason Day. Who are you selecting? I'll take Maverick McNeely. And I'll take Justin Rose. McNeely. Yeah, oh, That doesn't even work with his name. Can't even call him that. Anyway, anything else to plug this week? You got odds checker stuff coming out, or you just want to check your phone again?
2: Uh, no, I'm... Just waiting for that one last book to post,
1: Pat. You know what? It doesn't matter if you if they post while we're on the show. You can wait the three minutes till we're off the show.
2: I got nothing to offer these one hundred and fifty to one guys. I'm sorry. uh Anything else? I do my content with Rick for Odds Checker. I'm looking forward to chatting football with you. Not even the Super Bowl, but the coaching hires, the quarterback carousel. You know, Tim is going to now spend the next eight months talking about the Bengals, their second-year quarterback, going from the from you know the nut house to the penthouse as the reason the Jets are going to be great. So we're going to get our first installment of that, uh, and I'm looking forward to it.
1: Also, things to be on the lookout. We have a good cuss story for this week. A, a one of the most cursed days in recent memory. Uh, was the Chiefs blowing that lead. And then me, Pizzola, and Cam are back on Thursday with the Best Bet Show. But it's not football this week, Jeff. It's Winter Olympics. (laughs) I can't wait to hear Cam's biathlon takes.
2: Cam will consider himself a Nordic expert, Pat, because he used to live up in the deep north, in the deep north. He used to, like, when people talk about taking your first job in the industry in some bum fuck town and whatever he used to do like like uh like sled races like in the deep north i'm talking about if you've never opened that can of stories from cam uh he's got them he's got them so yeah i'm sure he considers himself a nordic expert
1: yeah he had to he lived in the Northwest territories in Canada where legit no one lives uh, yeah it's too close like, to the, he, he may races have, or yeah well he may have like covered the Addita or something like that
2: yeah that's what it is that's what it is yeah so, shit like that
1: Well, I like, I mean, I much prefer the Winter Olympics to the Summer Olympics because they actually have sports that I like in them outside of the hundred meter dash. There's only so many times I can see people like swim 50 meters at a time, but uh, there's some really good ones in the Winter Olympics, like downhill ski or not downhill skiing. Yeah, the ski jump. I really enjoy it. Like the opening night, uh, opening night, like the first two days of the Winter Olympics has aerials, which I do think is the single best Olympic sport there is. It's so much fun to watch moguls well moguls like, but the one where they have to do the jumps too, like the
2: flips. yeah yeah there's some bangers and now they have like the ski cross stuff so that's that's pretty cool uh yeah i get into it we're in canada so i'll be watching bobsledding pretending i know what um like is happening
1: well, it, uh, we I think Canadians by and large like the Winter Olympics because it actually has sports where we're good at. It's not like you know, oh look, we lost to Greece in the Summer Olympics. Fantastic news. Now, like we, we could, we could. There's an outside chance Canada could end up with the most gold medals and win the Winter Olympics. It's probably not going to happen, but at least like, but like winter, they're they're in the mix. <laughs>
2: Winter Olympics requires infrastructure and money, right? Like to do the sports. Yeah. It's like being Summer good Olympics. It's does a lot. Not.
1: It's a lot like being really good at team women's sports on an international level. Like no matter how much, <laughs> how much Canada sucks at like, I mean, I guess Canada's like better at soccer now, but Canada's had like a top five women's soccer team for years. Like Canada invest money in women's sports versus other countries that just don't. And that's a huge part of it.
2: Yeah. i I guess so but yeah no we'll uh yeah it's weird the olympics are right here it kind of catches you off guard and you know all those fun little stories that i'm sure will come out and you see that stuff like china's bugging bugging phones and the governments are warning athletes to take burner phones (laughs) over not take their real phones or laptops (laughs) Good. <laughs> like, go buy a $300 Acer, I think, is what they're they're advising people to do if you want a laptop over there.
1: Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook only has the market opened right now for obviously USA gold medals over under nine and a half. Uh, to bet the under is minus 155. So people don't think they're going to do too well at the Winter Olympics. I'd like to see, I wonder if other places have more open markets right now. Because I figure DraftKings Sportsbook will only really hammer down on like sports that the US is good at. Uh, and, like, just U.S. stuff. And, obviously, that's probably all they're going to take money on anyway. But some other sites, more international sites, might actually have, like, a broader view of everything when it comes to Olympic betting. So we're going to dig into that on Thursday. This should be pretty fun. The NHL guys are not playing in the Olympics, right, for hockey?
2: Yeah, no, they're they're gone. It's just, like, hoser so, Canadians. Yeah, like, yeah.
1: Who, who are they sending over? The Spangler Cup team?
2: I saw, like, just because it's on my Twitter feed, like, Ray Ferraro's kid, like, Landon Ferraro. And that, they're, you know...
1: There are very few Never people who heard- have me blocked on Twitter. I think Ray Ferraro does. I don't think I've ever interacted with him before.
2: There is a company that will remain nameless, not, uh, but they do this great series called Blocked where they have their staff talk about like who's blocked them and then the backstory behind it. Yeah. I've enjoyed
1: that. Oh, I will go look that up. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, I'll, uh, we'll have some Olympic odds on Thursday. Me, you, and Tim Me, you, and Tim on Wednesday, talking about new coaches. Um, you know, and we'll do the big Super Bowl stuff next week, obviously. But there's still stuff to talk about. We have uh, everything going on with that. Um, and you know, we'll talk about awards, props, stuff like that. Ben Raza, tomorrow on the show. We didn't even mention Brandon Harkins, but he won on the Corn Fairy Tours. So we have to have Raza on. Take I pick. had
2: the Marty Dow. I think he hit it OB two times in the playoff and credit to the corn fairy. Cause it wasn't on TV because we had the Wednesday start Pat, but for the playoff, they literally had a dude with his cell phone at the green, like from the corn fairy account. Wasn't like a dude saying, I'm going to help out gamblers here. It was their official account. Just like hard cameraing the green
1: shades of the outlaw tour. Very much outlaw tour vibes. Except their guy showed up and wasn't too hungover and passed out in his apartment. <laughs> Good times, COVID golf on the outlaw tour. Anyway, follow Jeff Feinberg at Gfeinberg17. On Twitter, I'll be back on Tuesday with Ben Raza for the DraftKings Pick Show, research show already out, newsletter research already out, article up on DKNation.com, play in the Listener's League on DraftKings. Link is in the description, as is the link to sign up for the free Mayo Media newsletter that'll just get sent to you on Sunday evenings and Wednesday afternoons with all the golf research that you need and all the hot links to everything else. Smash the like, sub to the channel, and rate and review on Apple Podcasts and rate on Spotify five stars. Please, that'll help us out. I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you for watching. I'll see you next time.
2: experience! Experience!
1: Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat